welcome to the whole GD show, the show where we bring up a word or phrase to spark a conversation about the related media. I'm your host, Jeff Blanchard, and here with me is my co-host with the mo-host, Delanor. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Jeff. Flawless. Yeah, Perfect. that one. We, you did it. Yeah. Second time today, though. So yeah, second time, so I, I did, yeah. we could, Yeah, for people behind the scenes, uh, we don't record every week. Or even every other week, we just record when we can. Sometimes we do a bunch at once, and practice makes perfect. Yeah. You get in the rhythm. Uh, still, once again, I can't wait till I don't have to say it. At some point, <laughs> yeah. we'll have enough episodes where people will just know, and I'll just, I'll just be able to say, hey, it's me and Dylan. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Or maybe, be more yeah. cash. We'll get so lazy. I'll maybe I'll edit some old ones in. You'll never know. It'll yeah. be flawless. Maybe I'll just have to pre-record it and yeah, get it right yeah. one time. We just put it in before anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll just like Frankenstein one together with like perfect words from each one. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, one of those ransom notes you read. Yeah, you won't even notice. Yeah. You won't notice at all. No, nope, uh, the listener. Today the word is impactful. Something yes. that had a strong impact on you, or maybe the world surrounding you in particular. Yes. And me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I chose a lot of things that just really resonated with me, like my core beliefs as just a person and maybe made me shift my beliefs sometimes or look at things a different way. That's kind of how I tackled it. Yeah. uh, Mine were kind of things that kind of uh, affected kind of my certain sensibilities I have today. They weren't necessarily something that changed any of them, but they were kind of things that went forward, like, you know, they helped make me into the person I am currently with what they are and how they, you know, how they apply to my tastes, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a movie you'd like to start with? I do have a movie. Um, this is from, I think, 2009, my movie. It is District 9. Have you ever seen District 9? No, I have not. It is a Neil Blomkamp movie. Um, he did Chappie as well. Okay. Other yeah. stuff. And uh, I think it's Peter Jackson produced. Uh, it is a sci-fi movie. Um, it takes place in South Africa, like a lot of Neil Blomkamp's films. And it is like a big alien mothership just lands in south africa it doesn't land there it just stops and hovers above south africa one day yeah and like for months it just is there and eventually they go up and look at it and they send a team of people to look at it and this is all like this isn't actually part of the movie uh it's like a kind of like a news review in the beginning of the movie but they go up and they find these like kind of they call them prawns they're they're kind of lobstery shrimpy looking aliens they're mm-hmm. bipedal though they stand on two legs but they kind of have like little claws and they they are in this dark gross spaceship and they the humans kind of figure oh they've just broken down here they're scared and they don't know what to do and they're just kind of hiding mm-hmm. out in the ship um so eventually the movie like the bulk of the movie takes place years later where they they're just established on earth and they're living in South Africa, but they're living in like these shanty towns that they are quarantined in. They're not allowed to leave their little village. And it's like this xenophobic, it's this big. It's like a segregation. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Like apartheid and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, it's just this big allegory for what has happened in South Africa. Like the whites only village villages and stuff like that. 
But it's, yeah, so it's a sci-fi movie, and it uh, follows this guy, the main character. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he... Um, Do you remember the actor? No. Hold on, I have to look it up right now. Uh, but it starts with him, and he is uh, uh, Char- Charlto Copley. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah him. Ficus. Um, he... <clears throat> I don't remember him. He plays like an auditor, essentially, a guy who goes around enforcing the rules of the shanty town. And he has to, like, he's. So the movie starts where they're pretty much already established. These prawns also brought with them, like, these extraordinary weapons, these crazy good weapons. But they can only be operated by, like, biologic they're biologically like keyed so they can only be operated by aliens mm-hmm. but i think it's been a while since i've seen this but they've the humans have like samples or they might have raided and taken all the weapons i don't know why but the prawns don't feel like they don't ever engage in combat really with them because essentially the government is just keeping them down man but you would think that they would yeah yeah But, yeah, it's, like, maybe because their ship's broken down. I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember. I should watch it again. Um, Yeah, it's just really, it's a crazy, like, sci-fi movie. Um, But it has all these really deep themes about xenophobic and racism. Um, It follows Vickis, the main character. He's starting, he's going around giving eviction notices Mm -hmm. to all the aliens. You gotta move. Because I think they're relocating them to, like, concentration camps now, like, tents. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> like, they're all, I mean, they're in this, the aliens, the situation that they're in, they have to comply, essentially, or they're not smart enough to understand. But he, like, runs into one who, like, is smart. He's just as intelligent. And they also, like, I read about this, this happens in South Africa a lot, where everyone speaks their own language, but they can understand everyone else's language, too. Hmm. It's just, like, different dialects, but you speak your own. You don't... So the the aliens are always communicating in, like, clicks and stuff, and they, it's subtitles, but you can... The, like, the humans can understand them, and vice versa. Which, I guess, it's like that. It's probably like that in other places in the world, and just not the United States, because probably. we just have that one language. Well, yeah. Yeah, um, and but it, it, it's cool how this crazy sci-fi movie about aliens reflects a lot of things that have happened in South Africa and around the world. It's also like well, I was talking about the weapons that comes into a big part of it because there's a part where the government can, like finds a way to operate the weapons and it's it exploits someone. But it's all about, like, government contracting and, like, doing, like, contracting with someone who's going to benefit you and money and pockets and weaponry and the military rather than the people that you're supposed to be serving. So, yeah, when I saw it, I was just, like, I went to see it, I thought it was just an alien movie, but even, like, I could pick up on all these different things. And I'm sure I'm missing all these other themes about it, but it's really cool. It's really deep. Hmm. it's really odd. Though. Yeah, I remember seeing like the the cover, or, like the poster. It's just like that kind of like hovering ship over there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a long kind of like cylindrical kind of thing. Is that it? It's more like a plate kind of thing. Yeah, right? it's more like a plate. It does have like a big kind of thing, like a spire. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But 
Yeah, like they just, and no one knows how to fix the ship, so they're just stuck there, pretty much. So it's it's a different take on the alien and story. Like, they're not invaders, they're just broken down. They're yeah. just, they're refugees, pretty hmm. much. Broken down, need help. But yeah, we'll give you your help at our, like, expense, yeah. essentially. But yeah, that's, I would definitely recommend that to anyone who's a sci fi fan. It, it's really cool. Yeah, I've never heard of that actor, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. I don't remember many actors from... Um, my, Malcolm McDowell is in it, I think. Yeah, okay. Old um, white guy. Sure. Um, but, uh, Clockwork Orange? Is that the guy? I think so. Maybe That's not. Maybe it's not him. There's not a picture of him. Yeah. I'm not just going to... I believe that's the same character. Yes, I, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, that's a... Alex. It might not be kind of like him. <laughs> it's an old white guy. Okay. <laughs> Could be a lot of people. It's, yeah. it's uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. They're, I thought they were going to make a secret. It's kind of like um, Peter Jackson's return to form before Lord of the Rings. He had, like, this kind of gory stuff. And mm-hmm. District 9's got a lot of exploding, like, practical effects. There is, like, I think all the aliens are CG, but uh, there's a lot of practical effects in it, too. Hmm. Yeah, suspenseful, deep. Check it out. What did you have for a movie? Uh, mine is a completely different direction. Uh, mine is Monty Python and the Holy oh, Grail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like it's a famously you know referential kind of oh, yeah. know, referred to movie, obviously by the people that also do the Flying Circus. If you go on Netflix, you can find pretty much the entire catalog now. Mm-hmm. Like I've Not noticed that they've just been adding yeah. adding everything to it. You know, John Cleese, and that's pretty much the only one I know. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it follows the fictionalized, well, more fictionalized versions, te- storytelling of King Arthur and King Arthur's court yeah. and his kind of travel to find the Holy Grail. And it's a kind of zany, silly take. Yeah, goofy, slapstick. Slapstick. Where there's the farting. The Black Knight. Black Knight who gets his arms and legs chopped, chopped off. off. And there's like, a yeah, really horrible f- demon that's a rabbit. Oh, yeah, the... What's it? I know they... The Beast of whatever. Yeah, I forgot its name, but they kill it with the the holy hand grenade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Knights of Knee. Yep, the Knights of Knee on the Knights of Knee. Knights of the Round Table, the musical. I don't remember that Knights of the Round Table, they go to Camelot, and they find the Knights of the Round Table, and they sing a musical called the Knights of the Round Table. (laughs) Yeah, I think... I've only seen it all through once, but... It, the most bummer ending when you're like i guess it's like what do you expect from this movie exactly but it's like oh it was it would have been so good for like an action fan it's definitely like in your pre-teen years everyone's referencing it and then from then on it just you just just becomes and it becomes annoying at some point yeah no definitely yeah especially if you haven't seen it before and everyone's referencing it all the time you're like who are the knights of g yeah why is this funny if you haven't seen it or even if you have seen it and you're just like this this is why you still referencing this thing (laughs) at this point you know it's it's years ago it's kind of Anything that can kind of be latched onto in that kind of comedic style, you know, everyone who's doing Austin Powers yeah. and Pet Detective and uh, oh, yeah. The Jerk and whatever, The Mask or whatever. 
And I don't know. Yeah, just the cartoonish. It's this kind of, yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of latch onto when you're a young person. There are a bunch of other movies, but that's just, I think it's kind of, it's kind of a communal kind of like, oh yeah, people like this. Oh yeah, kind definitely. Of British sensibilities kind of coming to young people yes. that didn't really know anything about, you know, BBC or anything like that. You know, we didn't have, you know, the massive catalogs of their, no. you know, their stuff that we have no, now. Yeah, but, I definitely remember, I remember the first time people were referencing it in sixth grade uh, like i remember the classroom one kid there's always that one person who's obsessed with it yeah and we'll talk about it all the time sure i remember seeing it we probably watched it together at a sleepover i'm pretty sure the time i saw it was at a sleepover at kenton's house sure <laughs> and who was a shared friend between us but yes. um nothing weird mutual friend there. yes yeah. and uh, and we were yeah yeah and i think that's the only time i've seen it but yeah. It's definitely something that sticks with you. I've never forgotten it. I yeah. remember so many. I remember the the coconuts and the witch and the horses. The, the yeah. they they bang it together. So yeah, it and like I think that horses. was actually uh, like a budget budget shortage. They actually yeah. did that. Like someone just started doing that on set one day. Like let's it's, do that. It's perfectly. genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yeah. or like uh, the sir robin the coward and they always follow him around and they have a song yeah they sing about he constantly runs away when they run away from battles they just yell run away then it's yeah. a retreat or anything like that yeah. oh i'm not dead yet yeah uh, yep just so many good bits yeah a lot of stuff and yeah if you've seen it and you hear it you know it yeah uh do you have a tv show you I rev this up a little bit. This was, I'm kind yeah. of curious about my TV show. This was made. I this is what gave me the idea for this word. Okay. Um, I currently watch this show called Steven Universe. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I've never it's watched a it. Cartoon Network show. Sure. It's a children's show for yep. kids. But it is an extremely deep, like, very exploratory about relationships and love mm -hmm. and failed relationships and how to be a good person and interact and talking about your problems it is this show is about a boy named steven sure. and he lives with uh these three people quote unquote people called the crystal gems they're actually sentient rocks from outer space mm -hmm. they're each named there's amethyst which is a rock and pearl which is a, like they're all it's named like, after stones sure and garnet and they're aliens from space who have lived, they live thousands of years because they're rocks. So he lives with them. Some episodes are him just chilling out in this place called Beach City where he lives. He plays his ukulele and he just hangs out in town sometimes. There's quirky characters and sometimes it's just like a sitcom episode. A lot of episodes are him going and fighting and finding crazy artifacts and going into space and fighting like these the diamond authority which are like the hierarchy of gems the diamonds are at the top and the diamonds are elitist and believe that all stone should fit their mold so but it's a very deep show um um aren't there a lot of uh i make it be confusing this with adventure time because i isn't that a similar kind of show yeah, it's another is there a lot of uh, uh homosexual relationships yes, in this okay is. yes definitely. I, yeah okay. that's actually i was just about to get into the relationship like yeah. aspect these so the gems they're aliens they bend light around their body to give them physical form to look like humanoid but okay. they can shapeshift 
and they can do this thing called fusing and when two gems fuse they have to be in harmony and they do like a dance and then they become this like super gem like kind of like the megazord pretty much sure and essentially that's like a big illusion or metaphor for sex and relationships pretty much there's episodes where gems trick other gems into fusing with them Mm. and it's all about consent and it is very like if you're an adult it's obviously talking about consent but if you're a kid it just is this show about aliens and uh fighting and just becoming cool megazord stuff but i think it it does hammer home the point of like no you should have asked before you confused you this was a bad thing you did and i don't like like the episode where something like that happens, the end of the episode ends with Steven. He's sitting, he's like, he's watching cartoons, and he goes, man, I wish life could just end like cartoons, and everyone could be happy, and, it, and everything could end great. And every, at that point, everyone's still fighting with each other, and the show just ends. And so it's it really tackles these adult themes, but really guises it up as... Kids, kids humor or yeah, whatever. sci-fi, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's funny too. It's really lighthearted. It's a very positive show. There's a lot of like, a lot of shows are very negative. It's got like fighting and stuff, which is cool. All the characters are awesome. They all deal with like real things like depression or, and then yeah, like it, it normalizes homosexuality and all different kinds of relationships, which I think is great for a show. A lot of cartoons. So many cartoons don't do that, or yeah. they don't do it in a good way. At yeah, all. they don't address it at all. And this one just like it does it in a way that is essential, like to the plot, kind of. But it's hard to explain. <laughs> no, it, I, I kind of get it. Yeah, it's definitely a, a super positive show for this day and age i mean watch i it's something i will always watch with my son because i think it's great sure he'll watch it and they got cool weapons too they each have their own weapons that they can summon out of their gym so yeah it's awesome all right is that um uh, is that by the same people i i i more know i don't watch it but i'm a familiar i'm aware of adventure time is that like a similar kind of thing I'm not sure. I know no. the so this is the first show created by a woman on Cartoon Network. Really? Yeah, That's surprising. It's written by a woman, uh, Rebecca Sugar, and she I think does all the writing and has like it all planned out. There's a lot of crazy like twists and reveals in this that are like actually get you invested in the overarching and plot. Too. I'm not surprised that it's written by a woman. I should point this out. I'm surprised this is the first one written right. by a woman. There's been so, especially her husband was the Powerpuff Girls writer. Yeah. And he does a show on there called, a current show called OKKO. OK yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's not, it's an OK show. Yeah. It's OK. It's an OK KO <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, yeah, and I, she definitely invests time because there's hardly ever new episodes going. It's one of those shows where, like, every six months there's five episodes or something. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it. Um, and, and like I said, like, there's some silly episodes where it's just like, what going in am I going to get today? But Yeah. The, the overarching plot is really cool about, like, Steven. His mother is a gem who used to lead the crystal gems and she fell in love with a human. So it was all about mixed relationships to hmm. like gems are only supposed to fuse with the same, like garnets are only supposed to fuse with garnets to make it. Wait, no, 
<laughs> rubies are only supposed to fuse with rubies to make like a bigger ruby or something mm -hmm. like to strengthen your own kind essentially sure. but they this like all the crystal gems intermingle yeah. yeah i think it's really cool i think it's we need more shows like it right now yeah uh, what about you? You got a TV show? Uh, mine probably can't compare to that. It is <laughs> like in in that probably in that sense. It can in some ways probably. Uh, mine is Naruto. Yeah. Are you familiar? I'm familiar. I've never seen an episode, but um, Naruto. It is a lot of maybe not as dark as that. It can get into some heavier topics yeah. as far as with the content of it. It's about a young boy growing up in a, a fictional village um, where like the most prominent members of this village are ninjas. They're trained to be ninjas or shinobi is another way of saying it. Uh, they all come from different uh, families and clans and each kind of person inherits kind of the skills that the clan is kind of conquered and mastered and this person naruto the main character has had a uh a demon fox embedded in his body to kind of protect the village at a certain point when it attacked the village and because this is embedded in his body he is uh treated as an outcast by all the village people because that they blame the fox for all mm -hmm. the destruction it caused right. but he is the one who gets kind of this anger and derision pointed at him and he's kind of had to deal with the fallout of that he has no parents he's kind of lives alone yeah this house he's kind of treated as an outcast he's kind of a uh he's a prankster he's kind of a failure he's not really that good at anything but he's a hard worker like that's kind of his you know his only good you know his redeeming quality yeah so the show is kind of following him and on his adventures to become the Hokage, which is the leader of the village. And it's kind of him wanting to pursue that because it would mean that people would have to acknowledge his existence in a positive uh, way. Right. Yeah. Kind. And it's him forming relationships with his friends, peers, teachers, and, you know, attaining respect and, you know, also attaining skill and, you know, the know-how to do this kind of thing and also going on missions to kind of do some of the stuff it's like they have to catch a cat is one of the things that they have to do because yeah. it's just something that low-level ninjas would have to do later on they're they're like assassination missions for some of the higher skilled people and it gets into like heavier topics and whatnot but yeah it's there's a lot of stuff about uh destiny friendship um yeah, is it kind of like know. a self-betterment Driven. There are there's a lot of that in there because it's him having to just basically work very hard to be yeah you know the best type of person that he is, okay. and him not him kind of creating this motto of never running away, never giving up, all oh, this okay. kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure for an, an um, maybe I'm probably gonna watch that one. There are so many episodes. Yes, I've heard that's a uh, lot. Yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a series I recommend. There's a lot of filler in it, but it, it it's a great show. I, it's, I love it, and I mostly picked it because it's, I watched anime when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I would watch Toonami, and then I kind of fell off when it became uncool to do in, like, high school and yeah. stuff. Um, and I think this show, somehow I kind of stumbled upon it on a website, 
and I just started watching it, and I just loved it, and I just started buying it and buying it and watching it and buying it. You know, I found, you know, copies at, you know, Walmart where they'd have it for, like, 20 bucks a season or whatever. Yeah, how, um, like, what's the age thing, like, restriction? Because I remember it used to be on, like, Fox Kids. They would, like it started they would edit the crap okay. out of it. Yeah, they would, like, take all the blood out of it. Yeah, because then it was on, it's on Toonami now. It's probably, so. like, 12 and up. Yeah. Maybe later. I mean, I would say 12, maybe mature 10. Yeah, but like, I remember Fox did that with Naruto, and that's the first time I heard about it, so I thought it was more geared towards children. There, Same with One Piece, it used to be on. The like, biggest thing Fox about it was one. violence. There's never yeah. really any sexuality stuff in it. Like, l- bits here and there, but it's, it's you know, very light on sexuality. Yeah. It's a lot of violence. Like, they have a continued series called Naruto Shippuden, which is <laughs> where he's kind of an adult, and it is even more kind of grown up. They have, you know... A lot of death. There's also suicide, so etc. Whatever, okay. but heavier stuff. But it is definitely a good series. They've even continued further beyond where it talks about spoiler alert. He has a son. Okay, multi generation. Yeah, it's yeah. called like uh, Boruto Next Generation. Boruto. Boruto. Did he name him that? Yes. It's not very original. <laughs> it's uh, B. His is N A R U T O. His son is B O R. <laughs> and it's two sometimes like it's a lot of times it's written as like kind of like bolt okay like bolt is that how they do it in japan i guess so. i don't know Maybe. his name uh is some is based on um a certain type of like shrimp or it's like crab cakes or something like that that they have with a uh, ramen <laughs> Wait, it's a specific. It's like crab. This weird His name like, is crab cakes. Well, it's like <laughs> this kind of like crab thing that yes. they they put on ramen. It's like a crab fish cake thing. I think. Okay. I think it's crab. I can't remember. Like... <laughs> you would if you know it. You would. Um, you I'm would, sure I would. Yeah, I like going to Miyaki. Yeah, they're good. They got good ramen. Shout outs. They're not a sponsor, but sure. <laughs> hey, if they want to sponsor yeah, us, yeah, good repertoire. Yeah, let's build it. But yeah, it's something that, I don't know, when I was kind of, I didn't know why I was looking for it. I wasn't looking for that, but I just found it, and, and I just loved it, and I, you know, it's good. It's been going on for a long time, so yeah, I no, highly recommend a, it. Yeah, big fan base. One of the popular ones. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be checking it out. Yep. Uh, music? Yes. Was this one you had a tough time with? I did, but then when I finally came to one, it clicked, mm-hmm. um... I don't have much, too much to say about them, but uh, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Just a, a rock band that usually had a message and a point to their music, mostly political. Okay. Depending on what side you fall on, you might like them or not. Yeah. But they're definitely more libertarian, liberal view. Sure. Um, very angry about <laughs> the, very the angry. establishment. A lot of um, rage, those guys. Yeah, yeah, rage, and I mean... If you think about the government as a lot of cogs and well-oiled, greasy things fitting together, it's kind of like a machine. So, maybe that's where they got the name from. Yeah, they're mad at it. <laughs> yeah. They're mad at that big, uh, well-oiled thing. Yeah, the machine. The machine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, I love Tom Morello. He's a great guitarist. I think probably the greatest guitarist of my generation. At least that sticks out in my head. Um Zach De La Roche. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, very 
angry man. But, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I, I liked, it was kind of the rap rock thing at the time. But Yeah, that was were, very of the time. Yeah, they were more on the rock side, I feel like. I wasn't a huge fan of Audio Slave, which yeah. was after Rage, Zach left because he's very political. Well, yeah. And then, I'm sure, and having a band with, like, that many intense points of views could be very hard to maintain. But yeah. they had a good run. Uh, I wasn't huge on Audio Slave, which was uh, Zach, the lead singer, left, and then Chris Cornell came and replaced him. R.I.P. Yes, rest in peace. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm not a huge Soundgarden fan, but... He's a good singer. He is a good singer. He has a great voice. Yeah. A lot of talent. But, yeah, I wasn't huge on Audio Slave. Uh, Tom Morello has had a few other projects. The Night Watchmen, which is kind of like a Bob Dylan folk... Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan folky... Uh, type album and side project and then he street sweeper social club was it's a hard one yes i saw them with nine inch nails and um they are very rage like they are back into the rap rock i don't know if they had one or two albums but i have one of them and it was very similar to rage and that what's that is what made me think of rage but yeah very just uh i remember that i remember like, that's the first time I was kind of like, oh, things get political, huh? It's this person, it's red versus blue. Like, uh, I can't remember what video it was for Rage. Bulls on Parade, probably, or Killing was, in the Name. There was one with George Bush and Al Gore. It was, like, right when that election was going on. Yeah, I vaguely remember. And they, like, had, it was like, oh, it was done like a 50s sci-fi movie. It was like, this thing comes from space. It has two heads, but speaks as one. And it was like Al Gore and George Bush on yeah. the monster. So that was the first time I was like, I was kind of, well, yeah, they're, they're making a point. They're really telling people what they think. And they're really raging against that machine. Evil Empire. That was one of yeah. the big albums. Uh, Battle, Battle for Los Angeles. Angeles. That yeah. was, I think, my favorite. Yeah. A lot of a lot of good stuff there. Oh yeah, very I mean, of I mean, the time. I like the, you still be barely hear anything from. Are they still a band even? I no, feel like Rage I, is done. They, I don't even think they like never reunited. I feel they like broke I saw maybe they did one or two yeah, shows, but maybe they. There was a super band last year or two years ago, with. Geez, it was the guy. I think it was a guy from Rancid. Mm -hmm. It was a guy from. It was Chuck D from Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. Tom Morello, mm -hmm. and maybe someone else. But they. It was also a very. It was called Prophets of Rage. Yeah. Like P R O P H E T S. That sounds familiar. And I like the song that I heard from them. Yeah. Also, it's, they keep trying to reinvent. Some, they haven't reunited, but they keep trying to like reinvent under other names. I feel like yeah. they're not really hitting. And maybe it was just of the time because they're not really hitting the target anymore. I mean, everyone's political now. So. Yeah. It's not like a. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. Everyone's angry everyone's about it. Angry. Everyone's got something to say, and they'll let you know about it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need music as like a platform to get it out anymore. You can just get get on your Facebooks and just. <laughs> All right, I guess we get it. <laughs> Not to interrupt. Yeah, you got a you got you got a music you got a song or music, Jeff, but you found it. Uh, mine once again completely different direction. Uh, Beach Boys. <laughs> yes, that yeah. is a very different direction. Yeah, unless you Ooh. think that they helped kill. I mean, <laughs> I. 
Yeah, I don't think that they had a. They were just really into surfing, <laughs> and uh, you know they're they're cool. You know, fun having. I picked them because their music um, was yes, Brian Wilson, not so much. Mainly because it's kind of the music that my parents would play. Yeah. Like a lot of like it was the music that I kind of discovered, I guess, before I discovered my own kind of music branching out in my own thing. Like the music that they're kind of just a representative or a placeholder. You know, them my parents playing like uh the Beach Boys or like Motown or doo wop music or whatever, you know, you know, a singer songwriter. It's, you know, this type of stuff I would have and listen to, like, in the car. Yeah. Or maybe have, like, we used to have a solid gold, 100.9 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, now, have you listened to that station It's lately? terrible. Yes. Yeah, it's not good. There's Sugar Ray, Smash Mouth, all over the place. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, the one before wasn't great. Uh, they would play a lot of the same songs over and over again. Yeah, but I liked it, though. because I, I liked like, it. They it's were, better. like, the, the lighter rock. Yeah. Lighter classic rock. It was just lighter, kind of old. Like, you'd hear a lot of Bob Dylan, Beach yeah. Boys. Beatles, you'd probably yeah. hear Under the Boardwalk about 40 times. Uh, and, like, yeah, a lot of Beatles, etc. And it's just the kind of light music that I think is easy to kind of get into as a young person. And I think it can kind of... It's not negative, oh, yeah. you know, for the most part. Yeah, a lot of it's very positive. Like, it, right. the song's about surfing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked a lot of uh, early Weezer was like that, too. Just like, yeah. And it's just like... Wax America. Oh, this song's... Just, oh, they got the number of days wrong on a wake. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I... Yeah. I've never listened to a Beach Boys album in its entirety, but it is good just, like, driving music just chill relax like you said positive yeah and i feel like it's i think what i started doing was um the safaris i believe i think that's what i think they do wipe out oh, but yeah. yeah i i don't know it's just like easy kind of it goes along with the rest of that kind of era where it's just like it's very you know standard and the monkeys, easy to listen the monkeys family. yeah sure yeah. the birds yard birds etc so many bands like that are just kind of in that classic element of just you know this light kind of hearted thing oh yeah i don't know yeah yeah like you if said. they had political stuff it it you know it kind of branched off into other like they got into this, either the singer songwriter or sometimes the country stuff like you yeah. hear johnny cash sing about like certain like political stuff or whatever or like bob dylan talking about Blowing in the wind is a bunch mm-hmm. of political related stuff if you're really into that. But it's at a much lower spectrum than, um, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Yes. It's like, oh, why are these things happening today? Yeah. Times no. they are a changing. <laughs> this guy and this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is definitely on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, very much a catch all. Um, very iconic, definitely. Yeah. California Girls. California Girls, Katy right. Perry, sure. Oh, yeah, she did that. Yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm I, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really have an opinion on it. So I'm sure it's fine. She's all right. Eh. Uh, <laughs> do you have a book? Uh, yes. I don't know why I got so excited. Uh, I do have a book. Right. Um, we're going to go back to high school English mm-hmm. like we have in a few episodes because that's where I read most of my books. Well, same. <laughs> same, to be fair. And did you read The Things They Carried? I've read parts of it. I, I haven't read the whole thing. I liked it when I did. Yeah, because it is a, it's kind of a collection of yeah. short stories, but they are strung along. Sure. But it's, um, it's a book by Tim O'Brien. Mm-hmm. It's a Vietnam War story. 
and he Tim O'Brien was a Vietnam War vet, but he does talk about in the book this is a work. Well, it, it's still going that kind of thing. It's a work. No, it's a work of fiction, but it is also a historical fiction. Kind of. It's the book is a big illustrates the like um narrator versus author kind of because mm-hmm. the narrator is named Tim. It's supposed to be from Tim O'Brien's perspective. But so it's like a fictionalized retelling of his own story, right? Yes. Kind yes. Of. Yes. Because a lot of in the book, he talks about story truth versus happening truth. I, mm. I read this from Wikipedia. I'm just trying to cite it. So okay. um, story truth, like in the book, the narrator talks about, you know, this is I did go to war. This is how I remember it. Memories aren't always reliable, though. So what I say is true might not be true. And he, the author, author Tim O'Brien, not narrator Tim O'Brien, has said the things they carried is a work of fiction. But the narrator from the book believes everything that has happened. And the book is it's a collection of his short stories about his time in the Vietnam War and um, his platoon, mostly. I think all the characters are pretty recurring throughout the stories. Sure. And... Yeah, like I said, it's a lot of exercise between story truth versus happening truth. He, t- Tim O'Brien has said that he really wants to illustrate the how war felt mm-hmm. rather than what actually happened. The point of his book is to not historically like go through one by one. He wants to embellish and give the reader the feeling that they are there, the feeling that the emotional intensity that mm. the character would go through whether or not the events actually transpired or not so uh, just uh reading that when i was 16 17 and realizing how uh, the truth can be manipulated and kind of learning that memories aren't can be fabricated and degrade over time and be reinvented in your mind over time just stumbling upon that is is that is it kind of like an unreliable narrator kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what he's going for. And yeah, just reading that from a book and being like in school all the time, being told, "Hey, everything in this that I'm teaching you is true. Listen to it. You have to know all this stuff because this is how the world works." But then actually reading a book that is like eh, an account of the yeah, actual you thing. can you are allowed to question reality and question things um don't take everything for granted don't take everything at face value it was interested to it was interesting to read a book like that in english class in school especially yeah but i like um we were talking about how like i i don't like war comedy or yeah. anything uh and i don't re- i don't read a lot of war i don't play war video game or yeah. anything like that um battlefield anything like that i don't i don't like historical fiction but i I liked this book a lot. This was one of those assigned books that I actually enjoyed reading. Yeah, I read it. it's it's well written. I the thing I I don't know. It's, it's like a small part in it is kind of when he talks about each person's kind of list of like everything that they have with them. Yeah, I don't know why I always just really like that part. It's just yeah. like such a bare bones thing. It's just like package it or it's like here's this guy has bandages. He's carrying. Uh, 
comic books. He has like he lists his weapons and just some like weird trinkets he found. And yeah. would just like go through each of his kind of like platoon and just kind of said like, oh, this guy's here's his jaw, but he's carrying some weird like yeah. sword that he found or something like that. I don't oh, yeah. know. Or this guy has his girlfriend's pantyhose wrapped around his neck to yeah. protect him. Some, yeah. I don't know why. I always just like that part. No, yeah, the little details that he goes into about, and, like, illustrating the character, too, because it's all first person, but he does a good job of giving... Gives you a sense of who they are. Yeah, Yeah, and they all have their own kind of stories in each chapter. Yeah. Yeah, give it a read, or you might have to read it if you're in high school. Yeah. But look forward to it. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) What about you? Uh... Once again, a little bit different. Uh, mine is a comic book. Yes. <laughs> of course. I always forget. Of course, I'm never going to pick a comic book. Well, that's fine. Uh, mine is Marvel Civil War. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a big event uh, that they had at, what, 2006 or so, 2008? Yeah, I remember maybe. it happening. Uh, it was I didn't read a, it. You know, it was a big event in the Marvel Universe where... Uh, Basically, a villain had um, blown up a small town, and it had caused uh, a huge disaster, killing a lot of people, women, children, you know, families, whatever. Um, And then uh, Tony Stark started to try and meet with other superheroes and get a superhero registration going, where you had to register to be a hero, and, you know, you, you know, essentially be a someone who was working for the government. Yeah, civil servant. Yeah, civil servant. You have servant. to have a public identity, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Tony Stark was kind of going the pro-registration and Captain America, who yeah. was kind of, like, you know, pro-freedom, who's kind of, it's supposed to be like, oh, you'd think he would be on the right. other side. He's all about America and yeah. paperwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he goes like, no, you, like, this is America. You yeah, have to civil, be, liberties civil liberties. Civil yeah. liberties. You know, it is our freedom, and we're doing what we believe to be the right thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, they get into a big fight physically, yeah. and then, you know, people start picking sides, and it's a civil war between heroes. Yeah. And, you know, people start, you know, getting hurt. I think at some point, people start getting killed. Yeah, I know there's a few notable deaths. A few, yeah, there's a few notable deaths. Uh, villains try and start joining, you know, pro and anti sides. Mm-hmm. Some of, a lot of them get killed. A lot of them, you know, switch around and betray people and whatnot. Yeah. And it, I mainly picked it because it was really, it came out, I think, either right after I was out of high school. And it was really the first comic book I had ever really picked up. Oh, really? Um, I mean, I'm sure I'd read some here and there. Yeah. But it was the first one that I had been like, all right, I saw this poster for it, and it looked like the art was amazing on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to. That looks good. I want to read that. I, I bought it, read all of it, and I'm like, okay, I need to keep reading comics. Yeah. And that's kind of what got me into the mode of like just going through all of these stories, and it put me onto this path of just like following series after series and branching out to different characters and learning about them. How was uh, jumping into that, not being a big comic reader? Because there's a lot of characters. Um, I mean, I knew very, you know, some stuff about, you know, I know the main people. I know what their main stuff is. And this was a, you know, a big story. So it's got like, you know, I know who, I knew who Iron Man is and Captain America. But then it would branch out. I'd be like, okay, who's this? And if, if I wanted to, I could find their book and I could read it. Yeah. And that's what I did. I would find the characters within that big story. It's like, okay, I like Wolverine. He seems cool. Then I would read his story. Nice. But yeah, it 
so I could branch out if I wanted to, but I didn't have to. I don't. I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. Really? Um, as uh, far as the comics, I just find him to yeah. be annoying. He's got a lot of comics. He's yeah. He's, he's got been, years and yeah. Years. And there's been like highs and lows too. There's like a, the Spider, the Clone Saga. I guess was like a really low point in the Spider. But like I say that, but I also got into X-Men because that was a huge part of it too. Yeah. I got into X-Men. I got into Avengers. They're a huge branching catalog, whatnot. Yeah, I remember. Like, I'm not a big comic book reader, but I remember when that came out because it was yeah. highly publicized across. Like, I remember multiple platforms. Yeah, the like, writer was on the. I think it was the Colbert Report when yeah, I was watching I it. So. And yeah, it was. Yeah, they were really pushing it out, and it was kind of starting to go mainstream. Yeah, I wonder how bankrupt was Marvel at that point. Um, well, that was around 2006 They were probably or so, starting so. to earn money again. Probably. That was right when the MCU started in 2008. So, yeah, there was little... Listeners might not know, but Marvel, like, was selling their freaking filing cabinets and stuff in the late 90s. Yeah, they, they were, were having a rough time. Money. Yeah. And then, That's like, why they sold all those yeah. crappy ones, like, uh, yeah, you know, Fantastic Four or whatever. Yep, yeah, and then they, like, they just held on to the freaking... Captain America, like the B properties. Yeah. Like, Maybe this will make us money someday. Yeah. Well, good job. Yep. <laughs> Wish I had that foresight. Uh, yeah, that... Uh, yeah, have you read Civil War 2 at all? Uh, no, I'm aware of it, but I've not read it. Nor do I really know what it entails as far... Because I'm not up to date currently. Like, I've been reading a lot of independent, like, image and IDW stuff, so... Like, my Marvel stuff, I'm behind by a lot. Yeah. Um, Do you I know what it's about? I think a school blows up, or does that happen in the first one? Uh, it's kind of like, the first one, it's like this guy has a power that basically makes stuff explode, and he I starts guess. the radius on himself, and it blows up a bunch, like a town, basically. Hmm. Maybe I don't know what it is. Okay. I know it's Captain Marvel versus Iron Man. In this yes, one, it's... So. Uh, Carol Danvers, yeah. I believe, yeah. is Captain Marvel. Yes. I don't know much about her. She has pre maybe. Used to be Miss Marvel or yeah. whatever. And now she's got a movie coming out. Yes, she does. Right. Allison. Allison Bur- No, no like Brie. Brie Larson. No. Brie Larson. I confuse. <laughs> Allison I do Brie that. Larson. <laughs> I confuse those two names all the time. Allison Brie Cheese Larson. Sure. Will be Captain Marvel this month. I don't. I do that all the time with those people. It's not. It's like Allison Brie or Brie Larson. Yes. The last name. I never even thought about. It, and now I'm probably gonna get them confused all the time. I I have all the time. I don't know why, but that's it's the name. I, don't know. I do it with uh, Allison Janney and Jen Varney a lot too. I don't think I've ever said. It. Sentence with Janet Varney in it. Yeah, so. fair enough. I've never had the opportunity. Do you know who that is? <laughs> nope. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you want to move on to whatever the last uh, is? game? Is the last one? Yeah. You were excited about this, this one, too. This one, too. Yes, this one. Um, this this is a new game this year that really I connected with a lot. Uh, okay. Called Celeste. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, it is a uh, 16-bit like retro style platforming game mm-hmm. like a precision platformer it's like it's very hard essentially yeah. platforming you jump you're you're a girl and uh you you're climbing what's her name again her name is madeline okay but the game celeste. is called celeste okay you're climbing mount celeste oh she's a she comes to this mountain to climb it and you're essentially her powers are you climb you jump 
and you have one dash pretty much which is kind of like a double jump ish type thing yeah you can like you can jump and then dash in any direction or you can, can you, you dash really. then jump mm, not really yeah it wouldn't really help very much though yeah. um yeah you're mostly a game of all a lot of jump dashing and you only get like one dash and it's very have you ever played Super Meat Boy? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Just precision, and you don't... Sl- Madeline, not Celeste. Because Mad- <laughs> I confuse them all the time. Yeah. Everyone does. Madeline doesn't really power up at all. You get that jump and mi- um, Spoilers. In the last couple levels, you do. But uh, for most of the game, you just have that jump and the dash, and then it's the environment that it is kind of you're interacting with. Um, but... The gameplay is awesome. It's very hard, but it's also very forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, I and it keeps count of your deaths. I have like three thousand deaths or something, but it kind of says wear them as a badge of courage or honor. That just means you kept trying harder. Yeah, and that is the theme of the game because the sixteen-bit platformer is just really this deep metaphor for depression. It, uh, Madeline is really suffering from anxiety and depression and she goes to climb this mountain to prove that she is not worthless and she can do something. And during like the first couple levels her depression kind of takes a physical form mm-hmm. and it is chasing you throughout the entire game. You encounter it and isn't that like a weird shadowy kind of looking version of herself? Yeah, it's thing? called Battleline. Battleline. It actually doesn't say that in the game. It actually, I found that out later. I was like, huh, that's funny. But yeah, it's a shadow version of her that chases you around. And throughout the game, you kind of meet other people suffering from anxiety. Um, but they, it's kind of spoilers for the end. And Madeline kind of learns instead of she can't run from it she has to confront her depression and accept that it is something that lives with her and sticks with her and that she has to accept as part of her she can she'll never get rid of it she can control it but she it's gonna stick with her and that is the game is the game's very hard and it is about getting up and trying again and again and this game just Really, the music in this game does the same thing, too. Like, it's hard to explain that this game has beautiful music by... Um, this is also an indie game. Like, four people worked on this game, and it got nominated for Game of the Year. Um, but it... Lena Rain does the whole soundtrack, and it's this cool 8-bit, like, electronic soundtrack, but it's also got all this piano, orchestral strings in the background. It's beautiful, and I own the soundtrack because I love the soundtrack. I just listen yeah. to it by itself. It, but it, it, you can kind of tell uh, the sound. Some of the sounds will, the songs will build and rise as like you, you can tell where you are in the game as you're listening to it because you're like, oh, I'm getting close. I'm getting closer. It's, this is the build to the end. But it's it, it just really connected with me. It won a couple awards at the Game Awards. It won it won Best Game for Impact, which kind of like inspired me to for, to suggest this as a word. Okay. Um, Best game for impact and I think best indie game at one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the guy came up when they accepted it. It was it was such like a cringy acceptance because I just watched this one because I wanted Celeste to win so bad, but I knew it wasn't going to win game of the year because what it was up against God of War and like Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it would have had a AAA game. Yeah, yeah. Some like. But wow. this, I mean, it's an indie game. It's pretty amazing that it got nominated. Yeah. Even that's like. It, yeah. How many other indie games like? 
probably none. That, no, that was the only one that got nominated yeah. in the, the game of the year. Um, but it, yeah, he came up and uh, like they, the team, the small team came up and he, he's like this typical nerd and he's really afraid to be on stage. You can kind of tell he's really squirming around. But then he addresses like at the end, if this game helped you with depression, that was all you. That wasn't the game. So it was it was nice to see that they had the feedback and they it was intentional, obviously. I mean, if you they they talk about depression in the game, too. Sure. It's yeah, it's deep. It's awesome. It's fun to play. It is hard. If you get frustrated, <laughs> you might not like it. But uh... And you've played Super Meat Boy, correct? Yes. So, have, so at the end of each level, do they show you back her multiple deaths? <laughs> uh, no. All at the same no, they time? Don't. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, they just show you, like, there's a, a skull and a counter how many yeah. times you die. Yeah. That, for people that don't know, after you complete a level in Super Meat Boy, if you've died 35 times, they show you all 35 deaths at <laughs> yeah. the same time. Yeah, it's pretty like, amazing to watch. Exploding on salt. Or yeah. Like meat grinders. Yeah. 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 And it's all, they show you, it's not like they show you a list of them. It's like they show you every one at the same time. Yeah. You can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing game. It's um, I found in my while I was writing all my uh, pieces of media for this list that oh. I most of my I have a note here that says uh, most of my I have like a theme of being a bummer. You, no, no, because <laughs> no, Celeste, it's not a big bummer. Like it, it deals deeply with depression, but it's like a really nice ending. It, okay. It, like I got a lot out of it. I yeah. did, um, but like uh, using media and sci-fi to can like using crazy yeah like sci-fi plots to, to convey, convey like a deeper thing. theme. To yeah, it. that's true. That's yeah. That's I guess that's what I came across when I was writing. That's what you enjoy. Like, impactful. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely check out Celeste. Have you definitely. ever? Uh, there's a new game coming out called Sea of Sorrow. No. Which is, I th- it's not exactly the same thing. It's this person that I think her depression is manifested as basically like an ocean. Oh. And like she has to cross it and she's kind of taken on this like sea creature kind of form. Cool. Like she looks kind of fish-like and it's kind of her kind of interacting with the world. Yeah, I'd uh, probably same, like that. Same kind of idea. Except it's a 3D space, so it's like a little bit different, but... Yeah, I think it's got the same idea. Yeah, I've never like thought of a, a video game to tackle like a social issue like that or something like mental health. I've never thought of Rhyme is another one you might like. Yeah, I heard yeah. the Switch port was terrible for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... uh, overall the game is decent, but it the the port may have been bad. Yeah. yeah. I uh I'm I just started playing a game called Grease, which is gay. <laughs> Gay, G R I S for gray. It is Spanish for gray. Grease. But it is about a girl who loses her voice and um, is trying to return color to the world. And it's a very, it's like hand drawn animated. It's very oh. pretty, <laughs> and it's. But it kind of, I, I haven't finished that one yet. But it seems like she lost her voice, like from trauma or something, and that's <laughs> kind of what the whole thing is an allegory for. But, yeah. I, yeah. I never thought of games to do something like that until and then I It's a growing medium that kind yeah. of allows you to do your own kind of thing, tell yeah, your exactly. own story. So it's like it makes sense in a way like that they'd finally come to a way to be like, you know, the, we're just teaching you about this thing or we're trying to help you in this thing. Like they've made so many games that are like uh I was watching something and it was like games that tried to make the world a better place 
and one was like a game that like if you did it you were kind of like doing doctoral research mm-hmm. where you were kind of connecting these things that was oh, research yeah. about a disease that if you were able to collect connect certain lines you're kind of doing this kind of skewed kind of testing that doctors are typically doing but they may not have been thinking of on their own yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's kind of um like weirdly off topic maybe but uh, i mean you remember winston the uh no i'm about to go off. oh yeah okay uh, do you know winston the computer that played jeopardy uh, vaguely i think it was made by ibm but yeah it, I think so. like the way he worked was not from like just having a giant database but from making connections from different like from the context of the question and the words in it from connecting those words and finding okay. the answer and that's <laughs> how it worked that's interesting that yeah, game. Or like Hal. You know what they named it Hal, right? They, they did? I thought it was Winston. No, there's some, like, you know why, like, in... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, they named a new one Hal. Yeah, like, Hal. From, from 2001. Yeah, it's yeah. Hal because they couldn't call it IBM. Yeah. It's one letter off on each. Oh, okay. Now I get you. I thought you... I thought they recently made a Hal. I thought they recently named a piece of AI Hal, and I was like, why the hell would you do that? They, <laughs> they, t- well, they in, turned evil. In, uh, yeah, in 2001, they called it Hal because they couldn't call it IBM. Okay. It's one letter off gotcha. on each because I guess it's a very religious uh, thing where they don't like like machines having, you know, uh, thinking that they have control over their own kind of thoughts. Like, they didn't like it having oh, yeah. being autonomous yeah, or whatever. Yeah, creating life. Yeah. Life, quote-unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I could get into AI to sure. over the world, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, we can... Didn't, Move on. <laughs> yes, you have a game? <laughs> uh, yeah, mine slightly different once again. Yeah, uh, good. That's what we want. It is a game called Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I've heard A of different this. type of game. Role-playing a game. role-playing I've... tabletop game. It is not on a video gamed no device. But it's like what video games are based off of. Yeah, well, RPGs. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I how would I explain? This? It's a game you play with pen and paper and dice. And dice. You need probably about four people total. I yeah, would say yeah. as best bet. Yeah, you need. Um, you can play it with two, but it would be stupid. Yeah. You can't really play it alone. No, because um, you need... You need at least one other person. Yeah, you need someone telling you, narrating um, you. It is a game where there are, uh, you know, players, and then there is a game master. The game master is also called the dungeon master, who is kind of creating a an improvised world for you to inhabit. And what you're doing is you're uh, kind of creating a character that you want to control as you know kind of an avatar uh you can kind of make you know can kind of go between different races and classes and you kind of pick up uh items and equipment to kind of help yourself kind of get through the world that they've kind of put you in they usually give you some type of quest like here go get the thing yeah and you have to use your skills destroy the guy you have to use your skills and equipment to get you through that world safely without dying yeah yeah, we um, used to play Dungeons and Dragons. Sure, it's a summer camp. Yep, it is a great game that I I highly recommend. It is definitely not an easy game to get into. No, yeah. um, it is a very specific type of game that I feel like people could easily be turned off of within you know not that long yeah. of time. You need to be. Especially if you're like a dungeon master, you need to be a specific person who has a lot of 
forethought and planning. You need to be very good at improvising. Yeah, improv. You need to also be educated about the kind of universe, like, there, because there are a lot of rules involved with, like, the players that you're playing with and the world that you have to create on its own. Some people can kind of, uh, like, play on the fly, but usually you need to be able to establish a set of rules that you also, that also affect you as well. Right, yeah, and there's things you have to, like, reference and look up because... Monsters, all monsters, that. monster manuals, stats, sure. yeah, so you know, all that. Yeah, like, the internet has made it easy though. I haven't played D and D in like the internet age, but there's websites now yeah. where you can keep all your stats, log all your stats and right. stuff. I've never DM'd a game. I can't imagine. <laughs> I have not organized to do one. I did it once a long time ago. Uh, it didn't go well. It because depending on who you're playing with. It can also go badly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can. They, I mean, like the player characters can, you know, screw each other over, yeah. or people that they are can do. Playing. They can elect to take an action or a path that you didn't plan. The dungeon master didn't plan on, so yeah. you have to improvise. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, um, but yeah. there are like books that have preset campaigns and stuff in them. Correct. But. I mean, you got to buy the material. The books are expensive. <laughs> uh, the, yes, the the stuff to kind of get you started in this game is kind of like you would think it. It's pen and paper and like a certain amount of dice. Then you need all these books that kind of give you the information on like how to create characters and uh, mm-hmm. how the rules work and whatnot. There are, I think, like five starting books that you kind of need, like Monster Manual, Player's Manual, Dungeon Master's Manual, um, like an equipment guide or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they have them. Like, there's all different kinds, too. Like, um, I was actually shopping for my son for this because I wanted to get him. Math is fun, so let's add some numbers while we beat some monsters up. So I was trying to, I was looking into, I was at like game stores and they have, there's like a Star Wars version you can get. There's, yes. there's one cool one I found called Kids with Bikes or Kids on Bikes. And it's like a Stranger 90s things, version. Right? Yeah. Stranger Things, E.T. Like you're, you're a group of kids in the late 80s and you discovered uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? But, yeah. Yeah. There's all different ways to play. Yes, they've definitely expanded on the kind of like set kind of rules where they've added in, like they you can do modern kind of like knights in armor. They yeah. the original one is kind of this fantastic thing where they have elves and kind of like a Lord of the Rings, orcs, uh, dwarves, halflings, etc. They can put you in a Star Wars universe. They've got ones that are based on the uh, Warhammer 40k yeah. or the Warhammer uh, Space Marines and all that and whatnot. There's a local, I think someone local to us has made a game. They're trying to kickstart one called Dinosaur Princesses, which is a similar game. Vaguely remember you talking about And there's like a coloring book about it, and then you go on, like your stats are are all on like a coloring page, and then there's a DM who takes you guys on adventures. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, we had a, um, we used to play with a group of friends, and our DM, he used to like, stage our campaigns in a post-apocalyptic wasteland like it was medieval but it was only medieval because the world had ended and there was no technology and it had been thousands of years after so it's kind of like a mix of both right. yeah what what kind of class race do you like to be um i don't know when we played originally I usually pick because we kind of they a lot of times come with cards that are basically yeah. preset characters, yeah. 
And we usually kind of like, there were only like three or four, I think. I was Thaddeus the cleric. <laughs> I remember being Niles the uh, thief a lot. Or yeah. the monk, whose name I don't remember is... Yeah. Yeah. I think I played as Thaddeus a couple times also. I used to like being clerics and uh, rangers. Yeah. I liked Legolas. So I was like, I want to look like that guy. Or Link. I yeah. Look like Link. And I remember at some point we played a lot at summer camp. We had about 40 people playing with us, and yeah. it became obnoxious, and I stopped playing at yeah. that point. Yeah, a lot of people would Basically, a, yeah, so many people kind of glommed on yeah. to this game that it became nearly impossible to play. Yeah. Nobody played by any rules at a at this at some point and it was just like it became a not a fun kind of thing anymore. No, yeah, it's best kept to like four to six. Yeah. People, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, I mean, there's so much number tracking and going on too, which is yeah. ridiculous. And there's also just like uh people just being in the way oh, yeah. or being yeah. dicks or whatever. Yeah, I've listened um we both listened to Nerd Poker. Nerd poker with Brian Posehn does it. Dungeons and Dragons podcast with some other comedians and there was one episode where he had Brendan Small on. From, yes. We've talked about him on from Metalocalypse before but and Brendan Small is like in the middle of the episode he just goes I, I really don't know how to play I'm just doing character acting here like he's just one of those people that doesn't know how to play the game but is just there to be like crack jokes and stuff. Yeah, I mean that is one way you can actually play legitimately or yeah. illeg- or not. Yeah, Ill- illegitimately. Yeah, but I love nerd poker. Nerd yeah. poker is fun because a lot of times they don't know how to play too, and they're yeah. just like, "Wait, I'm raging. How many turns do I get?" Yeah, over and over again. But yeah, it's uh, like podcasts that there's a lot of podcasts that do D and D, and it's gotten me wanting to play D and D. Yeah, that's I, why I went and bought dice. Listening to uh, nerd poker, I've just been like, "Oh man, I kind of want to play." Again. Yeah, it's hard to find people that are good dms like uh, yes. like uh it's also hard to find people that can like play in a respectable way yes. for long periods of time yes there's that a lot don't of drive like, you insane there's yeah there's a lot of gaming places tabletop gaming places around here and like you can go jump in but you, you don't know who you're jumping in with yeah and some people are really into it and not everyone meshes yeah it some people are sticklers for the rules some right. people play more loose yeah it really depends on the person some people just like are newer and they're aren't great at improvising so they really want to stick you on one yeah. path because they've set up this whole thing you're like i want to go over here and they're like well, no you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah well i'm gonna stick a wall in your way, way. yeah i'm gonna yeah. stick a wall in your way sorry That's something i would do yeah <laughs> you, have, you have to go this way yeah you're down an alley there's only one way yeah, that was a good one. I didn't even think of. Dungeon yeah, Dungeon. it's, I don't know. I was just like, oh yeah, this is a thing. It was an important thing to us. Like, I we stumbled through it with our friend Tom in middle yeah, school, sorry. who yeah, kind of introduced, introduced us to, to, yeah. to it. And then it became us three and a counselor, I think. Yeah, Jared. yeah he lives down the street from me, yes. uh, actually, or one of our camp counselors. And then it just grew and grew until it was unplayable. Yeah, yeah. And then we would go sometimes to Kenton's house. Yes, and play with Ed. Yep, Ed was our DM, and he had been playing for a long time. Yes, he He knew this thing. Yeah, Yeah. it was a lot of fun, and you know, it was an important thing for us at that time. Yeah, it's a good like skill building. Yeah, and bonding, good teamwork type game. Good like imaginary management. Yeah, creativity, mathematics, all those fun things. Yeah. It's definitely a nerd game. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. 
But yeah, don't let that stop you from playing it. It's like not anymore. It's, it's definitely like a, cooler. Yeah, it used to be like if you play Dungeons and Dragons, that's lame, and not like there's so many people. Yeah, do it. dozens of podcasts about yeah. it. Yeah, and people openly like we go to the barcade and people are opening openly playing there. And yeah. Stuff, so. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't have a quiz for this one. Uh, did you have anything else? I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. No. Uh, do you know the creator? The name of the creator of D and D. No. Gary yeah. Gygax. Interesting is that name. his real name? That is his real name. Is there a monster called the Gygax? It, there should it? be. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be. Yeah. Is he dead? You, uh, I don't know. Do you know, um, do you have a favorite monster or a favorite uh, class or race or anything? Um, I liked being rangers. Sure. Um, I usually ended up being the cleric, though, because we only, always needed like a healer yeah. on the party, and I, I was always welcome to do that. Yeah. Um, but I like magic-based people, mostly. Uh, yeah, I I was never really heavy on combat. I don't like orc class or heavy class barbarians, anything like that. Yeah, same. I'm That's more of a swift, nimble, kind of. yeah, speed, dexterity, higher up people. Races, I was usually elf, uh, druid sometimes. That's more of a class, a, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah, that's more of a class. <laughs> sure, okay. It's more of like a magic uh, wood yeah. wizard. Wizard of the Woods. Yeah, I liked being, because that was the first time I ever heard the word druid. I was oh, like, oh, okay. cool, dark magic. I'm going to yeah. be that. Yeah. yeah. That, that appealed to me. I, I liked kind of like a lot of the humanoid kind of weird ones. Not like orcs. I always liked um, just weird ones that were like, oh, uh, let me be the centaur or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I never really dove into the races too much. Yeah, whenever I could, I'd try and, like, because we had a bunch of, like, kind of pre-made ones that right. I think we made at some point. And one was, like, a centaur. One was, just like, a giant man. <laughs> like, it was, like, a Goliath or something. Yeah, I listened to an audiobook um, that kind of had to do with Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, let's not talk about it, though, because I can't remember. So okay, much. let's not. Let's forget it. Forget that happened. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it another day. All right. Uh, all right. All right. Well, we should probably do plugs. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Where can people find you, Jeff? Uh, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, Twitter, at RewriteOshaw. Yeah, and uh, get to get in contact with me through the show. Uh, whole GD show is all the stuff. Uh, whole GD show dot podbean dot com, Facebook dot com slash whole GD show, whole GD show at gmail.com uh if there's a twitter it will be in the episode notes because i am we're working on it yeah i'm still guys i'm not two months old it's all right um yeah uh thanks to caleb orion for our music grassroots oligarchy uh look for caleb orion on spotify or any other streaming stuff and yeah uh we'll catch you guys in the next episode goodbye later